Hey everybody, this is Moshe Fried and welcome to the very 144th episode of the Class Stars podcast. And today, let's talk about minimal, meaningful engagement. The big question is, how do teachers like us, who are being pulled in so many directions, with so many demands and so much to do, how do we make sure that we not only get through our lesson as planned, but also make sure that every child is noticed every day, and that each one gets the attention they need to succeed? That is the question, and the Class Stars podcast is here to give you the answer. Here is your host, Moshe Freed. So I did a Google search for minimal meaningful engagement. I I wanted to see what came up. And obviously I got some scholarly articles for meaningful engagement in education. I guess Google knows that I'm always looking for stuff in education. But the interesting thing, I scrolled down a little bit and I saw a couple of images for minimal meaningful engagement because the, the scholarly articles were not about minimal meaningful engagement. It was just about meaningful engagement. And of course, we all want to have meaningful engagement in everything that we do, particularly as teachers when it comes to engaging our students, because that meaningful engagement is what is the foundation, the the Lego block, so to speak, of where the learning occurs, whether it's building relationships or creating an environment that is positive and safe, that is conducive for learning, so on and so forth. There's so many different things that we, we can talk about and we have spoken about and we'll continue to discuss, but that's not minimal meaningful engagement. That's just straight up meaningful engagement. I got to see some Google images for specifically minimal meaningful engagement, and those were all showing me very, very small engagement rings, right? So when somebody gets engaged, it is customary to give, get a ring, and the minimal ones are the really, really small ones, and that is obviously nothing that we are talking about And the interesting thing about it is, like, why would we even talk about the minimal meaningful engagement? Typically, we're encouraged to do the best that we can, as much as we can. We associate people that are looking for minimal meaningful engagement as people that don't want to do their work. You know, it almost has like a subconscious bias around the laziness. Like, I want to do the minimal amount of work. I know, for example, when it comes to certain housework that I need to do, I'm looking to do the minimal amount. I don't want to do, you know, anything extra, whether it's mowing the lawn, painting the deck, whatever it might be, give me the minimal amount of work to do. So minimal, when it comes around things like meaningful engagement, is associated with laziness, not interested in working. And, and no good teacher would boast, I give the minimal meaningful engagement to my students. That's not something that you want to boast about. So why are we talking about it this way? And I think this is important to discuss because there is so much pressure on teachers this year, always, but particularly now. And now is now. Is now. now is the time that we can solve today's problems. Teachers have so much on their plate. There's so much that they need to do. So they need to teach. They need a great test scores and do all the bazillion different things that you know that you need to do. And so if you're always trying to do the most of everything, you're not going to get to everything, right? I'm sure you have made a to-do list that you just could not complete in a day or in a week or whatever it might be. And so to me, the way I think of it is that 
engaging with the students is the bedrock, that is the foundation of creating that environment that's conducive to learning. But if you're going to be so busy creating the bedrock, if you're going to always be there and spend your whole day on the bedrock, you get to build nothing on top of that. And so the lesson is never delivered. And all the other things that happen in a classroom can never happen because you're so focused on engagement. And this was a pushback that I had gotten, you know, even in the early days of, of class stars, of talking to teachers about class stars, I would say, look, it's really important that you engage your students. Just forget about anything else. Just have some meaningful engagement. It was so interesting, you know, outside of education, just in my therapy practice, I was recently talking uh, with someone who was trying to help his nephew and niece, you know, couple, whatever. It was his niece and her husband. And I was telling him that, you know, I had already met with the niece. I said, let me reach out to her husband and see if he's interested in talking. Let's see what we can do. Maybe we can help. And, you know, the uncle tells me, I'll tell you exactly what he's going to say. And he said, if you're going to ask him this, he's going to say that. If you're going to ask him that, he's going to say this. And he went through like a half a dozen or so different scenarios of what I might want to ask. And I said, no, 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 that's not, I'm not going anywhere near any of that stuff. I'm not going to talk about anything serious. I'm just going to ask him, you know, how I can help or whatever it was. It was keep it, you know, a very, very generic question. He said, oh, I'll tell you exactly what he's going to say. And he proceeded to tell me exactly what he thought his niece's husband would say. And I said, I'll tell you the truth. It doesn't really matter if I know what he's going to say or not. I said, I can send out a checklist to your niece and her husband and to whoever else and whatever and collect the information. It's not so much about collecting the information as it is the process of engaging with the person. I said, what's important for me is to talk with your niece's husband to let him know that I am concerned in a specific way and that I can offer to help in a specific way and hear what he has to say and validate him and see opportunities for engaging him in a more meaningful way, more specific, more relevant to him and hopefully earn his trust to a point where if we have, if we come to some kind of, you know, difference of opinion on something, he won't completely shut me out. That's the key. I said, it's not the answer to the question really that's important. It's the engagement that's important. And it's the same thing when engaging students in a classroom. It's not necessarily about the content matter. What's important is that you're engaging, is that you're there, is that you're having a back and forth. Okay, so now again, you would want to have a lot of engagement, but if you're going to have too much engagement, you're not going to get to learning. You're not going to get to do to other things. And so... What's really important is to try to understand what is the minimal meaningful engagement, meaning how much do I need to engage a child, do I need to engage my students for it to be meaningful, and then we can learn. Because if you pull your car into the gas station, right, sometimes you just want to fill it up. But sometimes you want to put in just enough gas. Now, I remember, I'm dating myself a little bit now, but back in the day, you could just put in $5 of gas and like you got a quarter of a tank out of $5. That was, that was pretty cool. Today you get like a gallon. But in those days you got a couple of gallons. It was, it was substantial and you can put in enough just to get you home or just to get you where you needed to get where you can get cheaper gas or whatever it might be. You would put in the minimal amount. 
sometimes you just fill it up. So when you're able to fill it up, that's fantastic. If you could just fill up your full tank of gas, you don't have to think about it. But if you're short on cash, you don't have a credit card or whatever it might be, and you just want to put in enough just to get you home, that's super important to know how much you need to get you home. And so it's the same thing with engagement. You need to know how much engagement do you need to do to get you home, to get you to that point where the kids will trust you, where the kids will feel connected, where, they'll feel, where they will feel safe in the classroom with you. That's super duper important. Okay, so that's why we're looking for the minimal meaningful engagement. It's not a matter of laziness. It's not because you don't care. It's not because you're not dedicated. You are. It's just the opposite. It's because you care so much. It's because you're so dedicated. You don't want to burn yourself out and give, you, give yourself more jobs than you can handle by knowing the minimum that you need. That allows you to do that job and confidently check that off and say, that's done. Okay, when you complete a job and you check it off saying, that's done, you're in good shape. Now you're done. Now you can move on to the next item. Okay? So how do we determine the minimal meaningful engagement in a classroom? And the answer is there's no textbook one-size-fits-all answer. Right? Obviously, there isn't going to be a number of meaningful engagements that you can have with a particular child. There's just no such thing. Everybody's different. It depends on the individual. It depends on the teacher. It depends on the student. It depends on the classroom. A bigger class is going to be harder to do than a smaller class. So there are going to be so many factors involved. So we can't give you a specific answer, but we can work with the framework. We can work with a framework that will allow you to understand what is the minimal meaningful engagement. And so we look at a two-tier system here at Class Stars. Tier one is that everybody must be seen. The absolute worst is to go unnoticed. So the minimal is to have some recognition. Being unnoticed, not being seen at all, being ignored is highly, highly discouraging. So while we can't say how many engagements you need to have, we definitely know that one is the minimal amount of engagements that you could possibly have. And every child should get one. Every single kid in the class should get one. It should not be legal to allow a kid to come to school and go home and get zero meaningful engagements from their teacher. That should be illegal if, if, we, can, if we could pull that off and enforce it, right? So that's tier one. Make sure that everyone is seen at least once. But then you have those kids that need extra support, that need even more support. And how do you determine the minimal, meaningful amount of engagement as you can? And there, the way we look at it is we look at the ratios. It depends on how we're otherwise interacting with them. Okay? So if a kid comes to school, and let's say everybody gets one, right? Let's say you take care of tier one, you make sure you have a system they come in, whether it's uh, greeting them at the door or circle time before class starts, or taking a break after the first segment of the lesson and then engaging with everybody, whatever it might be. So you, you take care of that. Everyone's gotten one. Okay, now there's this one kid that's having a really hard time. He just doesn't have it together today. And you keep on correcting him. You keep on saying, hey, you drop that, pick it up. Hey, sit down, take it easy, be quiet, whatever it might be. All these various different corrections or redirections as you might call them. We want to be as positive as possible, right? That kid that is getting corrected, that is being reprimanded, even if it's a mild and caring reprimand, 
is getting negative engagement from you. They're being told that they're not doing well. They're not doing the right thing, no matter how you spin it. So what's important is that we need to offset that criticism. Of course, you need to criticize people. Okay, criticism is part of life. If we don't teach kids how to deal with criticism, they will not succeed in the real world. I, I work with parents that are complaining to me that the teachers are messing up their kids. And, and this is not, there are teachers that are struggling with kids. And, you know, this is not to be judgmental of anybody. But I had this particular parent who came to me. She said she just doesn't trust her son's teacher. I said, well, you need to because it's your son's teacher and you need to, you need to trust these people or, or get them out of the class, okay? Now, you might be right. I don't know what happened in the classroom. I wasn't there. And you might be right that your son's version of the story is closer to the truth than the teacher's version of the story. That could be. I don't know. Again, I'm trying to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. But what's important to realize is that even if your son is right, He's going to have to deal with people in life. And if something like this can set him off, then how is he going to deal with a boss that's demanding? How is he going to deal with other interpersonal relationships that are demanding, that are critical, that are important? We have to learn how to resolve these conflicts. We have to learn how to work these things out. So again, obviously, if it's something that's harmful, if there's something that's dangerous, it's a completely different story. But this was regular run-of-the-mill back and forth between teachers and students and whatever it was. And the kid was perhaps acting out, perhaps not. I don't know exactly what was going on. But I just wanted to simplify. It was not a crisis situation, as far as I could tell. And I am in touch with the administration as well. So I'm hearing both sides of the story. And it's a difficult situation. So it's easy to make a mistake in those difficult situations. Sometimes it will be the teacher's fault. Sometimes it will be the parent's fault. My goal is to work together as a team. So I'm not looking whose fault it is. We're working together as a team. If you drop the ball, I'm going to try to pass it better next time. We're going to work this, to, work this out together. We're all going to work together. So that's always my goal with working with teachers and parents. Not always easily achieved, as you probably know from your own experiences. Either way, the point here is that when kids are being criticized, they need even more support. And we look at the ratio, and there's... Research on different ratios that are meaningful. You know, if you do your own research, you'll see that there's the three to one positive to negative ratio is pretty meaningful. We always talk about the Gottman five to one magic ratio for relationships, and there's a seven to one ratio. So we look at those ratios as the minimal meaningful amount of engagement. So a kid that is getting more reprimands, more negative interactions needs to maintain a minimal ratio, at least more positive than negative. They should, no one should have more negative interactions with a teacher than positive. So if you correct someone for doing something, you need to make sure to give them at least the equal amount of compliments, positive recognitions, positive engagements. It's not really enough. One-to-one is really very bad. The research shows that one-to-one is, is, is really, really negative. So at least prioritize those kids that are in negative territory over the ones that are one-to-one, but you don't want to ever be satisfied with a one-to-one ratio. You want to get it at least to a three-to-one ratio. So what we do at Class Stars is that we have a color-coded system of border colors around each child to allow you to distinguish between the kids that need more support to up their ratio. So it's not an all-or-nothing thing. 
Obviously, tier one is to give everybody every day. That's also covered in class stars with a two-day positive feedback meter. But the first step is to make sure that everyone's getting at least an equal amount of praise to criticism. We don't want anybody with a red border collar. Red border collar means they've got more misbehavior records than positive feedback records. Once we get everybody out of the red, the next color is orange. That means that they've got at least a one-to-one ratio. So that's good, or at least better than red. When they get to a three-to-one ratio, their border color turns yellow. And so you know that those kids are doing better than the, red ki- than the orange kids. You want to prioritize the orange kids to get them up to yellow if you can. Now, it's not always going to be possible. Sometimes you're going to need extra help from outside of the classroom. But if you see that after a couple of days, you're not able to get a kid out of the orange or out of the red, then you call in for help and you have a record of the misbehavior. You actually have documentation of this child's struggle that you can use to monitor progress. And in the training series, Identifying Invisible Progress, I elaborate more on that on how uh, you can measure subtle progress, which is really, really important. But as you work your way through, you're able to engage kids at different levels. And obviously, you're going to spend a the bulk of your time in class teaching and, and learning and creating that special environment. You're going to have to balance, and every teacher does this in a slightly different way, balance the interactions, the feedback, the support, the social element of the classroom with the learning element of the classroom. And so that is different. Different teachers are going to do that differently. That could be tricky. And, you know, again, we've got other um, episodes where we've spoken about that five minutes for five days. Uh, challenge, so on and so forth. You can check out the old episodes of the Class Stars podcast. But that's really the idea of the minimal meaningful engagement. Once you know that you've gotten the kid covered, they're covered, they're good. So you see them every day. You make sure that your overall interactions with them is far more positive than negative just to keep, just to keep it even, just to keep it fair, just to keep it safe for these kids. And once you have that covered, you're good to go. See you next week. Thank you so much for tuning into the Class Stars podcast. To learn more about our vision for education, subscribe to us, visit our website, take our free training, sign up for the newsletter, and follow us on social media. Join the revolution in education and become a Class Stars today, empowering educators one episode at a time.